Kingdom Hearts fans, and welcome to part 2 of my character ranking series. Last time, I ranked my favorite heroes from the Kingdom Hearts series. Now it's time to turn our attention to the dark side. I know, that's Star Wars. But there's one thing I learned from being both a Star Wars and a Kingdom Hearts fan, is that both franchises are basically the same in many ways. Who knows, maybe I'll do an episode talking about how Star Wars can work in Kingdom Hearts, but I'm going way off topic here. Hmm. Anyway, the Kingdom Hearts series has given us not only great heroes during this 20 year run, but great villains too, some of which are debatably better than the good characters. But who are some of the greatest villains throughout these games? I'll be answering that in today's episode. These villains we judge based on their motives, actions, and how much of an impact they left to the series. Just like with the heroes, I'm only sticking to the original characters, so no Disney villains whatsoever. Again, they deserve their own list. Of course, everything I say is just my opinion. If you think a certain villain should be ranked higher or lower, that's fine. With that said, who deserves the title as the greatest villain in Kingdom Hearts history? I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and this is my top 10 favorite Kingdom Hearts villains of all time. Of course, before we get to my list, we have to go through my honorable mentions, starting with Vexen, number 4 of the original Organization 13, and the mad scientist of the group, most notably for starting the replica program in Chain of Memories and Days. Vexen is very prideful in his work, which makes him act egotistical, especially in Chain of Memories when he kept taunting Sora and Riku. However, he gets no respect from his colleagues, and he ends up getting ambushed by Axel. He later returned in King March 3 as a reserve member for the real organization, but he was mostly used for making replicas again. Even though it looked like he was in it just so he can preserve his research, in reality, he wanted to atone for his mistakes and use his research for good instead. Honestly, Vexen could've earned a spot in the top 10, but I feel like the other villains have much more to offer. Our next honorable mention is Larkscene. Fun fact, I fucking hate her. She acted like a complete bitch in both Chain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts 3 that I couldn't stand her. However, that's kinda what I like about her. I guess Larkscene is that type of villain you love to hate. And if there's anything we learned from Union Cross and her death in Kingdom Hearts 3, is that there might be more to Larkscene than we thought. Speaking of Union Cross, our last honorable mention is the Master of Masters. And no, we still don't know what his actual name is, but for now, that's what he's known as. As we know, he's the Master of the Foretellers and one of the most ancient Keyblade wielders in existence. Despite having that title, and the ability to foresee the future, mind you, he acts very playful. Honestly, it's hard to take this guy seriously, but underneath that playful attitude is a very prideful and manipulative person. However, because his motives are still a mystery, I can't put him in the top 10 yet, but from what we saw in both Union Cross and Kingdom Hearts 3, it's possible he might be the best villain the series has to offer. Only time will tell. Alright, now we can move on to my list. Taking the number 10 spot is Riku Replica. A clone of Riku that was made by Vexen in Chain of Memories, he was pretty much an experiment to show how the replica program works. He was later put to use when Nominee planted the sake fake memories of her and Sora into him, which is why him and Sora kept bitching about who should be Nominee's protector. Eventually, him and Sora worked together to stop Marluxia and protect Nominee, yet he still couldn't accept the fact that he was a copy and took out his frustration on Riku. After a long, and quite frankly, frustrating battle, Riku and his replica make amends, revealing that even replicas could display emotions. Another Riku replica was made for the real organization in Kingdom Hearts 3, under the name Dark Riku. This one being more arrogant than the original one, who was seen resting within Riku's heart since Chain of Memories, so we'll find that the two are still in good terms. Riku replica's divine moment though was during the second Keyblade War. In that moment, Dark Riku was defeated, leaving only his vessel behind, but instead of taking the vessel for himself, he left it behind for Riku so he could use it to revive Naminé, finally fulfilling his promise to protect her, despite all the shit he went through. To be honest, I didn't really care about Riku Replica back then, but I will admit, 
This was a great resolution for his character, which is why he earned a spot in the top 10. Next we have one of the most underrated characters in my opinion, Demix. DANCE WATER DANCE! Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> Originally number 9 of the first Organization 13, and is without a doubt the most laid-back member, seeing as how he only cares about playing his sitar rather than collecting hearts. You might be asking yourselves, how am I supposed to take this guy seriously? That's the neat thing, you don't. Demix is so pathetic that it makes him very enjoyable to watch. In Kingdom Hearts 3, he was brought back to join the new organization, but like Vexen, he was merely a reserve member, or as he puts it, a benchwarmer. We soon learn that Demix is not really evil, he's just a guy trying to prove himself worthy, and he does so by helping Vexen deliver vessels so they can revive Roxas and later nominate. Demix may not be as evil as other villains I picked, but you can't deny he's one of the most entertaining characters. Hopefully in the next phase we'll see Demix again, because there's still so much about this guy we don't know about. At the number 8 spot, we have Luxurd, number 10 of the original Organization 13, and to be honest, the most forgettable member. Seriously, this guy barely did anything in both Kingdom Hearts 2 and Days. I know he did some shit in the Pirates world, and he was one of the last members he had to fight towards the end, but he always felt kinda shafted. At least to me. He returns in Kingdom Hearts 3 as a member for the real organization, where he was thankfully given more development. His job was to find the black box that Zigbar was obsessed with. This caused him to find Zigbar suspicious. Being the gambler of fate, Luxord also likes to treat everything like a game, only with higher stakes. Yeah, you thought his cards and dice were just for show? No. Luxord has no issue gambling with the fates of his opponents, especially when he fought Sora and Mickey during the second Keyblade War. However, this fight gave us a different side of Luxord we never thought was possible. Luxord may be a gambler, but he's also an honorable man, as shown when he gave Sora a wild card that could help him out in the future. So when you really think about it, Luxord isn't as evil as we thought, and if there's anything we learned from the secret ending in Remind, he's definitely hiding something. I have a good feeling Luxord's gonna play a big role in the next phase, because that wild card is still a mystery. Next up, we have everyone's favorite pink-haired pretty boy, Marluxia. Number 11 of the original Organization 13, and essentially the main antagonist of Chain of Memories. Despite having a low ranking, he was put in charge of their mission at Castle Oblivion to collect the memories from Sora's heart, using Nominate of course. However, Marluxia forced Nominate to plant fake memories inside Sora so they can control him. That way, him and Larxene can overthrow the organization. This is one of the few times in the series where Lackey attempts to overthrow his or her superior, and I loved it. Even though they don't explain why, it's heavily implied that Marluxia knew what Xemnas was actually planning, and wanted nothing to do with his plan. Thanks to a few moments in Kingdom Hearts 3. Speaking of which, despite his betrayal, Marluxia became a member of the real organization, simply because he, along with Larxene, Luxord, and Demix allegedly, have connections to the past Keyblade War. This was proven right in Union Cross because we met Lorium, his human form, before Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. In fact, Lorium was also a Keyblade wielder at the time. So when he connected the dots, all Marluxia really wanted was to wield the Keyblade again, as it would have reminded him of the good old days. Even though he failed again, Marluxia gained something even greater, a sense of humanity, and the one person who helped him feel that way was Sora, ironically. Hopefully we'll get to see Marluxia again in a future game, but as an ally this time. I mean, it's heavily implied that that's going to be the case. At the number 6 spot, we have Syax, originally number 7 from the first organization, and was later chosen to be one of Xehanort's vessels. This guy definitely has issues, I can tell you that. He started off as best friends with Axel when they were both humans, but by the time they became nobodies and joined the organization, their friendships seemed to be over. He was shown to be very arrogant towards Axel, Roxas, and Shion during the events of Days, and he continued to act this way in Kingdom Hearts 2, especially towards Sora. Syox pretty much swore allegiance to both Xemnas and Xehanort, 
as he felt sickened by the idea of friendship. However, Kingdom Hearts 3 actually gave Saiyax a more humane side, if you will. It turns out he was jealous of Axel because he formed a strong bond with both Roxas and Shion. They felt betrayed. Wow, how fucking petty can you be, man? Then again, it makes sense. Even when I played through Kingdom Hearts 2 in days, I knew Saiyax had some reason for acting like an asshole, and I'm glad we finally found out why. In the end, Saiyax reverted back to his human form, Isa, and becomes friends with Lee again. Who knows, maybe in Kingdom Hearts 4 we'll see Isa wield a Keyblade like his new friends. That would be so fucking cool. Starting off the top 5, we have Xehanort, the main antagonist of Birth by Sleep, and pretty much the main antagonist of the entire Xehanort saga. He was a Keyblade master who seeked balance between the worlds that he believed the only way to achieve that is by starting another Keyblade war. And he was hell-bent on making sure that goal became a reality, as shown when he split the darkness from Ven's heart, killed his best friend slash brother figure Ericus, manipulated Terra and eventually using his body to create a heartless and nobody, and most famously, dividing his heart among 13 vessels and formed the real Organization 13. And he does so with help from his younger self and his ability to time travel. You're probably thinking, wow, Xehanort's the root of all the problems. Why is he ranked number one? Well, it's all thanks to his defeat in Kingdom Hearts 3. Don't get me wrong, I love how cynical Xehanort is, and his motive for being evil, but wait until you hear this shit. When Xehanort is finally defeated, it's revealed that he only wanted to start a new Keyblade War so he can harness the power of Kingdom Hearts and eliminate the darkness from people's hearts as a new beginning, so to speak. Are you fucking kidding me? This guy manipulated people, committed mass genocide in other worlds, and forcibly tried to start a universal revolution, and you're telling me he had good intentions this whole time? No! Fuck that! I don't care how sympathetic they want to make Xehanort. That was horrible, and it contradicts everything that Xehanort did. I still ranked him pretty high because he was the main villain for the most part, but my god, did they end his arc on such a sour note. I hope we've seen the last of Xehanort, because I'm officially done with him. But not to Square Enix, because they want us to remember that Dark Road is still a thing. Whatever. Sorry for that little tangent. At the number 4 spot, we have Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. Or Xehanort's Heartless. Fuck it, I'll just call him Ansem. The main antagonist in Kingdom Hearts 1. After Xehanort took control of Terra's body and released his heart, a Heartless was indeed created, and this one took the name Ansem, simply out of disrespect for his former master. Ansem had a goal of finding the door to Kingdom Hearts so he could plunge every world in the darkness. However, he lacked the body to accomplish this, which is why he had characters like Maleficent and Riku to do his dirty work, especially the latter whose heart was tied to the darkness at the time. Eventually, Ansem possessed Riku and gained his own body, thus continuing his ambitions. But luckily Sora was able to stop him. Even though Ansem was defeated, part of him still resided within Riku's heart and kept torturing him throughout Chain of Memories. In fact, the end of days and majority of Kingdom Hearts 2 had Riku turn into Ansem whenever he decided to use the power of darkness. Thank god he turned back to normal in the end, but that shit was crazy. However, thanks to the power of time travel, Ansem returned as a member for the real organization, revealing that his previous plan was all part of Xehanort's master plan. Kind of underwhelming, but his defeating Kingdom Hearts 3 made up for it. Ansem tried so hard to not succumb to his fate because he wanted to continue his own ambitions. Honestly, I began to feel sorry for him. In a way, this was Square Enix telling us that it's time for the Xehanort saga to end, so we can look forward to what's in store for the next saga. And I feel like Ansem was the perfect villain they chose for this, because when you really think about it, this whole series started with him. Obviously, nostalgia also plays a big part, but I couldn't help myself knowing that we'll probably never see Ansem again. At third place, we have Xemnas, Xehanort's nobody, the main villain of Kingdom Hearts 2 in days, and of course, the leader of the first Organization 13. Just like with Ansem, Xemnas was made when Xehanort released his heart while taking over Terra's body. 
Xemnas then gathered a powerful group of nobodies to form Organization 13. Their goal was to collect as many hearts as possible so they can create their own version of Kingdom Hearts as an attempt to be whole again. Since nobodies are creatures without hearts, it makes sense in a way. Xemnas was so fixated on trying to collect hearts that he convinced Roxas to join the organization, simply because he can wield a Keyblade which are capable of releasing hearts. He even went as far as to force Vexen to create Xion just in case Roxas failed to collect enough hearts. He was eventually stopping Kingdom Hearts 2 after Anton the Wise sabotaged his Kingdom Hearts, leaving Sora and Riku to finish him off. However, things get fucking crazy when you turn to Dream Drop Distance via time travel. Xemnas revealed that nobodies are actually capable of having hearts this whole time, and that he only formed the first organization to see which members have what it takes to be a vessel for Xehanort. Again, all leading up to Xehanort's master plan. Basically, telling your comrades that they have no hearts and his goal of trying to make them whole again was all bullshit, and he pretty much tampered with their emotions without any remorse which is pure evil. Although, his defeating Kingdom Hearts 3 helped him realize what happens when you take the heart for granted, including all the emotions that goes with it. For one, Semnis felt terrible for what he did, and I couldn't help but feel sorry for him. And again, like Ansem, he's pretty much gone forever. Regardless, he'll always be remembered as one of the best villains in the entire series. The runner-up for my favorite Kingdom Hearts villain is Vanitas. My god, this guy was something. The living embodiment of all the darkness from Fen's heart, and the source of the Unverse. He was pretty much the secondary antagonist of Birth by Sleep, as he was taxed by Xehanort to release a horde of Unverse in many worlds possible. The purpose was to encourage Ven to get strong enough so he can clash with Vanitas and forge the almighty Keyblade. Obviously, Ven was terrified by this, but Vanitas doesn't care, knowing it will lead him to more power. Another reason why I love Vanitas so much is because of his connection to Sora. Yeah, even though he was born from Ven's heart, he looks like a black-haired emo Sora. Originally, Vanitas was born faceless, but it will take the appearance on whoever was the first person to make contact with Ven's heart after a split. That being Sora, obviously. It was weird but fucking awesome because we were basically finding a dark version of Sora. Just like the other villains I mentioned, Vanitas came back in Kingdom Hearts 3 as another vessel for Xehanort, thanks to time travel obviously. Once again, he wanted to fuse with Ven and tries to rip his heart out from Sora's. Eventually, Sora and Ven defeated him during the second Keyboy War, and we get to see Vanitas reveal his intentions. Why did Vanitas join Xehanort and cause all this mayhem? Just because. I'm not kidding. Vanitas doesn't give two shits about the damage he caused or the people he harmed. He did everything simply because he's darkness. And you know what? I can appreciate that. Vanitas has come to accept that he's basically a living form of darkness, that he doesn't even try to change who he is. I know that makes him somewhat shallow, but it works. Because he's literally darkness. All this complexity makes me hope that one day we'll see Vanitas return, but it seems unlikely. Still, you never know. As much as I love this Edgeward, there's still one villain left that tops him. My favorite Kingdom Hearts villain of all time is none other than Zigbar. Honestly, what can I say about this guy? He's been Xehanort's right-hand man since Birth by Sleep under his human form, Frag. He was ranked number 2 in the first Organization 13, and he was one of the first vessels to obtain a fragment of Xehanort's heart for the real organization. Zigbar has been shown to be a very cunning character throughout the series. It started off mellow in Kingdom Hearts 2, where basically all he did was taunt Sora. We learned that Zigbar has an extensive knowledge towards the past Keyboy War, and he was the first to reveal Xehanort's big plan. Kingdom Hearts 3 is where we got to see him at his prime, as Zigbar was obsessed with trying to find the black box that originally belonged to the Foretellers, and Xehanort promised to pass down the Gazing Eye Keyboy to him after the war. Sadly, he was defeated by Sora and Riku before that moment came. He even went as far as killing himself. Or so we thought. The epilogue reveals that Zigbar is not only still alive and has gained possession over the Gazing Eye and Black Box, but he was actually Lushu this whole time? Yes, the same Lushu who was an apprentice to the Master of Masters. 
Holy fuck, that was hard to believe when I first saw that. It turns out for centuries, Lu Xu has been transferring his heart from body to body until he found someone who A, has the gazing eye, and B, has a desire to start another Keyblade War. Going back to Burp by Sleep, Lu Xu controlled Break's body and met Xehanort, who just so happens to meet both requirements, thus finally fulfilling his search. You guys thought Xehanort was in charge? No. Everything that Xehanort did was actually part of Zigbar's plan. In fact, everything that's happened so far is thanks to Zigbar. And now, with Zigbar having both the Gazing Eye and the Black Box, as well as the Foretellers being revived, Zigbar's plan can finally go into fruition, and hopefully we'll learn more about that said plan in the future. This was hands down the best plot twist we've gotten so far. And yeah, it was obvious that Zigbar was hiding something. But don't even act like you knew Lu Xu was Zigbar this whole time. Because nobody, and I repeat, NOBODY saw this coming. And those are my favorite villains from the Kingdom Hearts series. It's obvious that some villains were handled great, while others, not so much. Still, without them, the Kingdom Hearts series won't be nearly as good as it is now. Honestly, if the series only had Disney villains to fight, it would've gone old fast. Maybe some of you would disagree, but that's how I feel. And who knows what Zigbar, the Foretellers, or even the Master of Masters will be up to in the next saga. Hell, we might even get new villains, which I'm not against. But until then, who are some of your favorite villains from the Kingdom Hearts series? Tell us in our Discord server, and follow us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all major platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you're using right now. Check out Nuclear Bacons, Cryptlock Games, and Carabyte on Twitch when you get the chance. And tell your friends and family about us, especially any Kingdom Hearts fans you know. Thank you for listening, and may your heart be your guiding key.